Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We're, um, we're talking about heart therapy, and uh, let's pray and then we'll jump into this. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father. But as we come and worship you and receive from you, thank you, we can also receive from your word. And so tonight our hearts are open and we're receptive. We know you've got good things for us. And so we thank you in advance for what you're showing us, what you're teaching us, that we'll leave here better, stronger, in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, you can say amen. amen. And um, our text has been, we've been talking about getting stronger, if you've not been here, getting stronger in terms of spiritually. Proverbs 18 14 said the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear so we've been talking about a, a spiritual strength pattern there's a there's a great pattern in proverbs that tells us how we can get stronger spiritually everyone has that capacity how do we do it and so it's in proverbs 4 and we'll go over it again my son give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And we begin to talk about that when you're strong spiritually, it, it filters down in all other areas as well, it makes a difference. And so here's some of the, what we call strength multipliers, giving God's word top priority. You won't be strong spiritually without having a reverence for and an appreciation for and some attention spent with God's word. Now, that sounds like an absolute. It is an absolute. You can't get strong physically if you don't eat. You can't be strong spiritually if you don't eat. And so Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so God's word is likened to spiritual food. And a lot of times you think, well, why is Alan always pushing us to read our Bibles, to read our Bible? Why is that Bible 365? Why do we have that? Why do we have that? Because I want you to be strong spiritually. Because I can't, I can't guarantee that you're going to have a year that 2023 is going to be completely problem-free. Love, love if I could, but I can't. But I can tell you this. If you're stronger spiritually, the problems that do come your way, you'll handle them better. And so one of the reasons I encourage people, reading. And this is, of course, if you're here, this is your first time on Wednesday night. You know, Wednesday night is a special group of people. And uh, these are... Not special in that way, special, <laughs> yeah. not bless your heart special, it's a special group, it's a hungry special, and so it's, it's people that come and, uh, and, and have an interest, you could be somewhere else, you came to church on a Wednesday night, Except the second thing we talked about was don't let it depart from your eyes, that's seeing yourself in the light of God's word. And we talked about that again. You can always go back and download that. And then last week, we began to talk about keeping God's word in your heart. How do you keep God's word in the midst of your heart? God gave Joshua some insight into this. Joshua, the first chapter, he said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. And so God's telling Joshua, Hey, you can be successful. You can be prosperous in this. But he said, there's a key to this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And we began to talk about this last week. And this is 
um, about how God's word, not that we're quoting scripture all the time, but our words begin to line up with what God has said about us. That that heart-mouth connection is actually a very powerful connection. Romans 10, 8, when Paul was, was talking right in the church, he said, what does it say? He says, the word is near you, talking about God's word, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. As I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, for a lot, I kind of grew up with this, but uh, I'd say in the last 40 years, but for a lot of people, it's kind of new. And I, I realize as I'm teaching it, that it, it's, it can be new. And I, I begin to think about, um, let me just back up a little bit. When, when we talk about the importance of words, here's a couple of questions that, that, that are going to require an answer. You don't have to answer me, but think about this. We need to determine where did this world come from that we live in? And where did you come from? I was reading in our Bible 365, and I read a passage that Paul was talking to the uh, group at, at Athens on Mars Hill. And as he's talking to them, I noticed how he started with his message. He's addressing a group of people who have no knowledge of God or no knowledge of our God, didn't have any knowledge of Jesus. And I begin to realize as he addressed them, it, it's, it's very common in the scriptures that they would start with the bigness of God and how big God is. Now look, look what it says here. Paul is talking again. He's talking to Greeks who didn't know the Lord. Paul says, as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this description to the unknown God. Leave it up there just for a second. And by the way, this is a brilliant message. He found they had, the, the Athenians had all kinds of gods they worshiped. And, they, and just to make sure they didn't leave one out, they had one to the unknown God. And so Paul connected with them right there and said, I'm going to talk to you about that unknown God. He said, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. Now listen to what he says. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. In other words, you're not going to make a, an image of him. Since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. That should do away with prejudice right there. We all came from one blood. To dwell on the face of the earth and to determine their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we're also his offspring. Again, another brilliant thing that he connected with what their own poets said. But I want you to catch what he's saying to them. Because this is something we tend to gloss over. God who made the heavens and the earth and he's Lord of the heavens. We need to stop and ask ourselves, how did this world we're living in, how did it get here? You see, all of us grew up hearing, oh, I say most of all of us grew up, hearing about the, the theory of evolution. And people have almost accepted it like, yeah, there, there was a bang and, and all this precision came from that. And then the idea that, you know, that we evolved from some, some kind of amoeba, they talk about the missing link. And the reason it's missing is because it ain't so. But here's the thing. You've got to determine, we have to determine, and, and the reason I'm saying this, we have to look around and, and look at this world and go, did this just happen or did God make it? 
And then you've got to look at yourself and go, did, was I just some advanced form of life form or did God create me in his image? If you're willing to accept that God created the heavens and the earth and that God made you and that you are made in his image, you did not evolve, you're not a, a, an advanced form of animal, your cousin is not a gorilla, that, that, you are, that you are made in the image of God. If you're able to buy that, then when we talk about how to live and what God says about things, we're, we're going to begin to go, yeah, that makes sense. Because when I talk about your words are powerful, if you kind of grow up going, no, Alan, you know, words are words, and no, they're just words. But if God knows how to live, and he made us, he knows how we operate, and he's the one saying, your words matter. Does that make sense? Amen. You go all the way back to the beginning and go, God made me. I'm not, I'm made in his image. You know, I, I love, I'm, I'm an animal lover. I love animals, especially dogs, not particularly cats. But I, I, I love animals. Don't like to hurt animals. I love animals. But I'm going to tell you something. Animals are not in our same league. Now that makes some people so mad. They're not in our same league. They're not. And so why? Because animals weren't made in the image of God. We are. Now that ought to be enough for you to go, oh, amen, Alan. Thank God for that. <laughs> but the bottom line is if we're able to buy into that, then when we read something that doesn't make, that we go, boy, that's, that's unusual. I don't understand how that works. What we're able to do is show some humility and say, God, I believe that you exist. I can't see you. I don't always feel you or sense your presence, but I believe you're real. And I believe, God, that you made me and that I have a relationship with you. In fact, you're my, because I've made Jesus my Lord, you're my very own father. And I'm your child. And you love me. And because I'm loved and because I'm yours, I have the humility to say, Lord, I consider every way of yours to be right. The psalmist said that in Psalms 119, 128. He said, considering, he said, I consider in all things, I consider your way to be right. And really what we're talking about there, guys, is humility. <laughs> is the willingness to say, God, you're right. And I consider your ways right. And so when I find something that contradicts your ways and my ways, guess who gets to change? Me. And James, James is talking about you're using your words to change your direction. James 3, verses 2 and 5. I want you to watch this. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in words, he is a perfect. Don't, don't get caught up with perfect being like well, flawless. It means complete perfect man able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. So where are we, where are we going with this? We're going with this, that your words, you can use your words to begin to change your direction. James said, if you can control your words, you can control your body. Not the other way around. And that the tongue is likened to a bit or a rudder. So in other words, we need to change directions. Now, you're saying, well, I don't get that. I don't understand how that works. Remember? But we're considering God. You made me. You know how things work. So this is the way that's right. So uh, I, sometimes I've heard people say, well, if I can't understand it, 
You know, I'm just not going to go that way. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things we don't understand that we just go with. I do not, I'm not mechanical. I really am not. I mean, if my car ever breaks down, I'll open the hood, pray in the spirit, and hope I get a revelation about what's going on. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't, in fact, I couldn't tell you right now. I do not know how an internal combustion engine works. I know there's some sparks and there's some fire and stuff. I don't know how it works, but it does not stop me from getting in my vehicle, starting that bad boy up and going. I do know that I like more internal combustion than less. I don't even know how they figure out horsepower, but more is better than less in my mind. But what I'm saying is, I don't have to figure this out to know that it works. You say, well, I know exactly how it works. Well, great. When your doctor gives you a prescription and he writes out medication, do you ask for every ingredient in that medication? Or you just figure out, no, the doctor said, take it, I'm taking it. Said, Get up three times, take it, take it with medicine, you know, take, it with, take it with food, take it with, you, you take it. So in other words, there's a lot of things that we do that we don't understand. And when you first start hearing that, you say, wait a minute, I can change the direction of my life by changing my words. That's what, that's what the Bible says. It says I can begin to change. You say, well, I, I don't believe that. Well, you're going to stay going in the same direction. So in other words, when you want to begin to change something in your life, one of the things you need to change is what you're saying. Because if you listen, if you listen on this, any, any problem that you're experiencing, you keep talking about that problem, that's not helping you get out of it. Have you ever, now, I, I know you ever, ever said this, well, I guess, man, I, I guess I'm just stupid. Guess I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't do this. I can't get this. We don't get ahead. My family, you know, our family is kind of messed up, but, you know, you know, we're poor and proud, but, you know, we're, me we're messed up. And, and if, if you hear people talk kinds of things, and, and what, what, say, what am I saying is we have an opportunity to say something different about our lives. Instead of saying, I can't, I just can't, I can't, I'm just weak, I can't. Why don't we begin to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It'll help you. Joy and I, one time, we talked about the worst date we ever had with each other. And uh, <laughs> we, were going down to, we were going down to Papacitos. We had just discovered Papacitos. We thought, when we first moved here, we thought ponchos was the, was the ultimate Mexican food. We didn't know. And someone took me to Papacitos, and I'm like, wow, I had a revelation. A whole new world opened up. I'm like, we're going to Papacitos. But the thing is, we got in the car, and we had just gotten a bad report uh, from the doctor about one of our children. And we talked that problem all the way to Papacitos, all through the chips and salsa, all through the chili rellenos, all through the enchiladas, and all through the sopapillas. The meal was good, but we ruined it with our words. And what we realized is we're no closer to solving it. In fact, we're farther away. Shame says we put a bit in a horse's mouth and we turn them. He said we, we turn a ship with a rudder. He said so's the tongue. So you want to begin to change some things? Stop talking about how nervous you are and begin to talk about how God has given you his peace. 
Does that make sense? The idea, and so, and you think, well, is this, is, is this true? Well, it's in the scriptures. It's all through the scriptures. Words to, are directly connected to your quality of life. Psalms 34, look at this. Psalms, who's the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Now, when we hear that, think evil. Well, I'm not, I'm not, we're not thinking sinister. Let's listen to some of the words that, that are words for evil, how it's, how it's defined in the scriptures. Distress, injury, adversity, calamity, harm, harmful, hurt, ruin, trouble, unpleasant. Keep your lips from that or deceit, deceitful, deceptive, deception, dishonest, false, false treachery. Do not constantly talk about the problems that you want to overcome. But yet we have gotten into a thing in, in our society. We talk about all of our problems. I, I'm not denying problems, guys. If you're dealing with depression, then you need to be of acknowledge. I, I am dealing with depression. But you don't, keep, you don't need to keep talking that. Because the scriptures say the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Depression is under the curse of the law. It is not God's blessing. It never came from him. Jesus never left anybody depressed, and he never will. You get in God's presence, it didn't say in his presence is fullness of depression. In his presence is fullness of joy. And so, but the thing about it is, we've been taught, we talk the problem, we talk the problem, we talk the problem. I'm just depressed, I'm so depressed, I'm so depressed. Well, you know what I think about it is, mama was depressed, and her mom was depressed, and everyone's depressed. Just come from a depressed family. And what happens is you begin to limit yourself right there with your words. When we could say, thank God when I made Jesus my Lord, I got a brand new spiritual family. And in my brand new spiritual family, the whom the son is set free is free indeed. And before, now here's the key, before you begin to see yourself free from depression or begin to experience that, you begin to thank God that you are. You use your words to change your direction. Now, here's, here's the thing. People say, well, I tried that for two weeks. <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes a little while to get a big ship turned. But if you can find God's word. Now, here's another thing. People say, well, Alan, if, if I say what God says, I feel like I'm lying. Well, it feels awkward because we're not accustomed to saying it. But just because it feels awkward doesn't mean you have to stop doing it. First time you kissed somebody, it felt awkward. <laughs> Chances are you kept going. <laughs> By looking at so many people in there, somebody kept going. <laughs> Things you learn in sports can feel awkward, but you keep practicing them. So here's what I'm saying. You begin to change. So what do you begin to look for? You begin to look for promises. You begin to look for what God has said about you that is different from your current situation. Well, Alan, I just, I've always been a nervous person. Well, the Bible said that, that, that if we'll cast our care and our anxiety on, on him, that the peace of God that passes all understanding can guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. See, that's a whole different way of thinking. Not only do we need to, to find a scripture and go, oh, what a nice scripture. We need to take that nice scripture and make it ours. Make it apply to us. You're quiet tonight, do you hear I came to worship and I get this? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Because this can change the direction that you're going in. Who's the man that loves life and desires many days that he may see good? So how, how do I even begin to do that? Words can build up or words can corrode. Let me give you some more on words. Ephesians 4th chapter, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That word corrupt means rotten. It means bad. It means toxic. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that, that, that's corrupt. But what's good for necessary edification, that means to build up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. I think, listen, if you came up and after service and you saw me and, uh, and you say, hey, you know, Alan, we've just come to the church for a while. We just wanted to meet you. And I looked at you and went, man, you look horrible. <laughs> you really look bad. Are you okay? I mean, you, you, you look rough. Like, is this how you always look? You wouldn't expect that from your pastor, would you? No. Oh. <laughs> Can I get a little help here, people? You would not expect me to speak that way. Oh, how, how about this? You come up and, and, I, and, and your children come and I go, oh, man. Bless your child's heart. How's that going to make you feel as a pastor? I mean, your pastor just said your child was ugly. Well. That's not going to work. Because you know that, no, that's, that's not a good word. In fact, you would, when your child comes in and goes, Mama, you know, the boy down the block said I'm ugly. And you go, darling, you are not ugly. You look just like our family. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You don't look at your child and go, well, you know, you are kind of ugly. Yeah, you look, <laughs> you don't. You don't, look, you don't talk that way to your children. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Would, if you got a note home from the teacher, I was, your child is misbehaved and ugly. <laughs> How many of us as a parent, you're going to read that and go, <laughs> well, I guess that's true. No. How many know we're going to have a conference with the teacher? Because those are corrupting words. You wouldn't let someone speak that way to your child or someone speak that way to someone you love. So here's the thing. Why don't we speak that about ourselves? The Bible said, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth of that which is good to edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers. Guess who hears your words more than anybody else? We do. So our words need to have some grace in them. So instead of saying, ah, yes, I guess I'm stupid or I guess I can't get it, why don't we say, thank God I've got the mind of Christ because God put me in Christ Jesus and he's been made to me wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So I have the wisdom of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been set apart by God. I'm redeemed by the Lord. These are things we can say. You're not lying if you're saying what God's already said about you. If your child comes in and goes, I think I'm beautiful. That's, you go, that's right. You look just like me. You are beautiful. You are a beautiful child. You don't look at your child and go, don't you lie like that. <laughs> You're going to encourage them to speak words that have life in them. They're getting ready to take a test. And you're like, Mom, I'm so afraid I'm going to flunk this test. And you know what good mamas do? They're going, no, no, you're smart. You can do this. When you go in there and you take that test, you don't know. You can do this. You're smart. You're just like me, not like your dad. You're smart. <laughs> and you're going to speak that way to your child? Why don't we speak that way about ourselves? Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. We're, we're the ones that hurt ourselves more with our words than anybody else. 
because we're the ones that hear our words more. Say, well, I've got a few minutes. How do you change your words? Here's a good one. Change your words. Uh, I've got more than I can get out in just a few minutes. Let me, let me go this way. Change your words. First, you need to make a quality decision to do it. 2 Corinthians 2.1. I determined this within myself. Paul's saying, I determined this within myself. You make a quality decision. You go, you know what? I'm going to change some things. That's a quality decision. Number two, ask the Lord to help you become more aware of your words. To catch you on, on your words. You know, if you're in a business setting, you watch your words. I was in sales for years. And you watch your words. You're having to create an environment where a sale can be possible. So you just don't walk into a company and go, man, this is the nastiest looking office I have ever seen in my life. You don't say stuff like that because you realize your word's going to have an effect. So you're aware of them. You watch. And, and you're, and you're, so why don't we ask the Lord, Lord, help us become more aware of our words. Here's the third thing. Control the content. Luke 6, 45. This is Jesus speaking. He says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Would you leave that up just for a second? That word, it's a little bit of a contradiction, evil treasure. Don't get caught up in treasure. Actually, that word means storehouse. So what you've stored up is what's going to come out of you. Now, if I stood up here and cussed a lot or any it would bother you you wouldn't expect that of your pastor although I understand some do not here when I got saved I had a mouth on me nobody in my family cussed my parents I only heard my mother cuss once and that was at me My dad never, I never heard a curse word come out of my father's mouth, ever, once. So I grew up in a, in a non-cussing family. I broke that mold, and I had a mouth on me, and, and I cussed a lot. And so when I became saved, this is some of what I did. I wanted to stop cussing, because I thought it'd be appropriate, as a Christian, going to Bible school, to not cuss. Look straight ahead, guys. I'm not looking at any of you. I'm just looking. I'm talking about me. I, I wanted to stop cussing. I didn't feel like it, it's appropriate. A lot of people say, man, I just can't stop cussing. I can't, can't stop cussing. You can. You absolutely can. You just, it, it's not like you, got, you were born with a cussing gene. <laughs> it's not like it's genetic. I just have to cuss. Whole family cusses, I have to cuss. I just have to. I have to. I have to. No, no, you can change that. But you need to change what you put in you. You you begin to put enough of God's word. Was that my was that my exit music or y'all trying to get rid of it? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was some of our that was some of our wonderful sound people. Thank you. Uh, I I wanted to stop and so I, I found that if I would begin to put God's word in, that what was going in me was changing what came out of me. And so 
I, if, if you've got a cussing problem and you're saying, you know, Alan, I really would like to, like to stop cussing, um, best thing you can do is one, make up your mind I'm going to do it. Number two, ask the Lord, let me catch myself. And then three, begin to put God's word in. And here's the fourth one. Say this. I'm going to stop cussing. I don't cuss. I got a clean mouth. Telling you against cussing, I don't think it's a good witness of who we are and who we represent. And so I would, I would suggest not doing it. And uh, you can. But not only cussing, guys. How about the negatives that come out? The, the bitterness, the unkindness. What we want to ask the Lord is, Lord, I want words that come out of my mouth that honor you and bless people. They honor you, Lord, and they, and they bless people. Is that possible? Take it from someone who's had an uncontrolled mouth. You can learn to control it. And when you begin to do, it's going to begin to steer things in a different direction in your life. You want to begin to change a marriage? Start with your words. Just start saying, you know, honey, I love you. I chose you. I love you. We're going to make something work. Those words will change things. Not, I don't know why the heck I ever married you. I must have been crazy. Those aren't going to help anybody. You just, like, you just like your whole family. I married a stinking family. Those aren't going to help anybody. They're not going to help you. They're not going to help a marriage. So, something, and I tell people, people just like, yeah, whatever. Something, Joy and I, we've been, we'll be married 41 this year. And uh, really rough start. It got better, and it continues to get better. But one thing we did was we got a hold of this message early, and we never talked divorce. I never looked at my wife and said, I'm going to leave you. I, I'm, I'm tired of you. I'm tired. Those words hurt. Now, if you've, been, if you've been throwing those words out, you can replace them with better words. I love you. I care about you. We used to tell our kids, I'll tell you right now, we made it real clear to them. I looked at my kids one time, I said, let me tell you something. I chose her. We had you. <laughs> I, am, I am very serious. I said, you'll be leaving. She will be staying. I said, here's how it works around here. It ain't you, it's her. And so you treat her with respect. And so th this was part. And so your, can your words make a difference in your marriage? Yes. Can they make a difference in your relationship with the Lord? Yes. Stop telling the Lord what a loser Christian you are. And begin to tell the Lord, Lord, thank you. You've made me a new creation. I am completing you. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you for your grace in my life. Thank you that I can overcome. Thank you that I can do Say, well, well, Alan, what if I make a mistake? Everyone makes a mistake. When you make a mistake, if we confess our sins, thank God he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Lord, I am so sorry. There are things I've said I should have never said. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me not to say them again. And now I can stand before you completely forgiven and then forgive yourself and let's roll on. You can change. You can change your direction by changing your words.
especially when they line up with God's word. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your grace to us. Father, thank you for your mercy towards us, that you've shown us how to live. You made us. You know how we operate. You know more than any doctor, any psychologist, any scientist. You're greater than all. You give to everything life and breath. Thank you for that. And we trust your ways and your word is right. So, Father, thank you tonight that you're helping us, that differences are being made in our lives. And a year from now, we're going to look back and go, things turned, things changed, and you get all the glory. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came and said, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord, or I'm not sure if I do or not. Or maybe you've been, you're like I was. Maybe you had a relationship, you got so far away from God, you're sitting there thinking, I need to get back to God. Well, we're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but we are going to pray. If you're watching online, you can pray this prayer with us. But if that's you that I'm talking to, you say, that's me, Alan. Would you pray for me? I want to come back to the Lord, or I want to come to him for the very first time. Real quick, shoot your hand up just across the auditorium. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Got you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. All right, put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You really wanted to. You can pray this prayer with us. It's a heart prayer. Powerful words. We're going, I'm going to lead you in them. We're going to join you as a church family. You're watching online. You're by yourself. Say it. Say it out loud. If you're with other people, pray it quietly. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, we thank you for that. For those who've come out of darkness into light, and for those who've come back home, I give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.